In 2020, a crackpot critical trio was sent into isolation by a killer virus for the safety of those around them. These men promptly went stir-crazy without a means to rant and rave with friends and co-workers. Today, unwanted by the government, they survive as homeworking podcasters. If you want to hear about popular culture, if you can't scratch the itch, and you can download a podcast, maybe you can listen to The Critic Guys. My name is Critic Guy Chris. This is the Critic Guy podcast. We are back. We've been gone for some time. We can only apologise for that, but we are now back in business. Uh, in the time that we've been gone, we have recorded several podcasts, which aren't terribly time specific. So hopefully, nothing will be lost in the delay in bringing them to you. This week, we are discussing the trailer. For a film that is about to reach the cinema, Tenet. Uh, we're all very excited for the film, and we tried to make sense of the trailer. So, without further ado, this is the Critic Guys podcast. We're back. Gents, have you seen the trailer? Yep. No, I didn't bother. <laughs> That's it. We've all seen it. End of podcast. <laughs> yep. Yes, of course. And what did we think of it? <laughs> what did we think of it? Because this is trailer two now, I believe, for Tenet. Oh, it was, it was fairly standard Nolan stuff, isn't it? I mean, you don't really know what's going on. There's a bit of um, there's a bit of action. There's a bit of time travel. There's a bit of not knowing what's going on, and that's about the size of it. And it looks beautiful, which is again part of the course. Does know how to make a, a cosmetically pretty movie, doesn't he? Really? Yes. Well, apparently, um, uh, he, Wally Fister, his um, usual uh, director of photography, um, who started with him back when he did Memento, uh, the uh, uh, the director of photography he wanted to hire for Memento. Uh, he gave them the script and they turned the job down um, because they apparently said they didn't understand the script. Mm-hmm. And so he turned it down and so he they went they found Wally Fister, who was at the time a more a more junior um, director of photography, I believe, than um, the guy they wanted. And uh, he took the job uh, but later admitted that he, he also did not understand the script, but he took the job, and he then he got every other Nolan job since then. So I think he um, he won the day. Hmm. Well, it certainly ticks the boxes of it's hard to tell what it's all about. It looks really intriguing. Um, it's got some very cool effects, and 
like the powers that the main character seems to be uh, using are interesting uh, to say the least but again as you say i'm not sure i could explain exactly what's going on from the trailer but then again do we want to be able to explain it from the trailer you want that reason to go to the cinema i hate i hate films when you go to see it you just think the trailer told me everything um i'm finding it a bit disturbing that tamwa from eastenders is in the trailer that that's that's throwing me slightly. Who, who is that? I'm not familiar with you. He was there. It was there. The character was Tamwa in EastEnders, and he, he appears to have made him made his way to Hollywood. And I wasn't aware. He's a good actor, I'm but ask, again, I'm it's asking, just a bit shocking to see an EastEnders actor in the Christopher. I'm Nolan. asking who he is in the uh, in the trailer because I don't. He know. well, he's talking to them on. Uh, he's talking to. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, what's his first, his name? It's John Washington, isn't it? But I can't think what his first name is. Is it David John Washington? The actor sounds right. Uh, playing the main character, I want to say it's David John to Washington. I'm just going to get IMDb up, and he's talking to Robert Patterson uh, in what looks like a town square. Oh yeah, the so, three of them. Yeah, yeah. It certainly looks like him. It might not be, but it really looks like. Him. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. He uses a lot of um, uh, actors who uh, they do come from less salubrious backgrounds. Hmm. Um, Certainly, a lot of the the lesser roles in in his films often come from these kind of TV backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, like Batman Begins, John David Washington. Sorry, I said it the wrong way around. Yeah, was the, the actor. Batman Begins. Half the cast had all been in the bill at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he he's not afraid of using uh, actors of this kind of background. It is just looking at IMDb. It is the same actor, uh, Himish Patel. Um, he was uh, played Tam, uh, Tamwar in EastEnders. Good actor, so yeah, good on him for making it to, uh, to Hollywood. Looks like he he did the Yesterday film as well. Um, just I haven't seen that. Um, but yeah, uh, I really like um, David John. Uh, sorry, calling him David John. John David Washington. Uh, I haven't seen Black Klansman, but I love him in Ballers. Yes, he plays Ricky. I've seen neither. Really good. He's, he's a, I love, I love ballers as a show generally, but I really like Ricky as a character. He's, a, he's, a, he, he's cool. So it'll be, it'd be interesting to see what he's like in a, in an action movie. I, I think he's, he should have the chops for it. I do like the look of him in the trailer. He's, uh, he got, uh, I like the cut of his jib from what I see in the trailer. <laughs> and Robert Pattinson again, um, stepping up to do. Yes. Do you know what surprised me? Movies. Between the, um, the first trailer and the second trailer, I assumed he'd be. Um, affecting the American accent. Um, but from the second trailer, we can see that he is playing an English character with an English accent. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, why mess with it? Well, I mean, the main reason I say that is because um, he is best known for playing American characters, really. Yeah, yes. And in Freaky a way... Vampires, I think, is the best way to put it. It's, it's a bit like... Um, there's certain actors who are English and you first, like the first time you, you saw Gary Oldman do an English accent, you went, Oh, that's, that's a terrible English accent. It's a bit hard, isn't it? <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> yeah, it, it, you, you just get so used to it. And then um, you suddenly hear their, their own accent. And um, have you ever heard great Gabriel Burns actual accent? Freaks you out, doesn't it? It does. He's the most Irish man alive. 
oh, that always throws me when it's someone's got like a thick Irish accent and he's just like, they don't show it in the film. It's like, how do you turn that off to that degree? Yeah. It's really impressive. Because obviously some actors, it like, it slips occasionally. I'm, I'm thinking of Michael Fassbender in yeah. uh, X-Men <laughs> First Class. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, got the helmet on. <laughs> it's Irish time. <laughs> you might as well have worn a little green top hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this hasn't been in the film. Uh, but the weird thing about that, that must have been a conscious decision. Yeah, it must have because it can't be the only take. We've seen we've seen other films and he's quite capable of, <laughs> of doing accents without allowing his Irish accent to slip in. So I I think he's made an artistic decision. Maybe he couldn't hear himself when he put the helmet on. <laughs> Have you ever seen... He thought he was doing the accent. Have you ever seen Ale- uh, Alexander? Yes. The, the yeah? You have, say, you have uh, said no. this several times, Mr. Tuck. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say it again. I, no, think, I, think, I think it's amazing. Um, hmm. Basically, when I first watched it, it was on TV, and it's pretty dire, uh, as films go. Um, but, it, yeah, it's the historic epic. I think it's um, Oliver Stone. Uh, made it. And... Um, it's got Colin Farrell, soon to be uh, Penguin, and uh, uh, yeah. So I, I started watching it, and I thought, "Oh, I thought that's nice, Colin Farrell," because you, you you get most films of uh, historical epics like this, even if it's set in somewhere in Europe, everyone's just doing English accents. Yeah, it's almost like Hollywood thinks that. Where, wh- wherever in the world you are, if it was in the past, you had an English accent. So, uh, Colin Fowles doing his own natural Irish accent in it, mm. and I thought, oh, that's very nice that that they're not doing this this stupid thing where everyone always has an English accent in a historical epic, yeah. and um, and then uh, someone else in. Uh, Alexander's army spoke, and he also had an, English, uh, uh, an Irish accent. I thought, okay, so he's doing a, an, an Irish accent as, as well. Um, but it wasn't until an actor spoke who I knew was not Irish <laughs> and did not have an Irish accent. And in the film, he had an Irish accent. <laughs> and I thought, hang on. They're, they're, they're not they're now putting on Irish accents to play the Macedons. Basically, it transpired after watching it that all the Macedons had Irish accents and all the the, uh, the other army, whoever they were fighting, um, all had English accents. And Oliver Stone had made the creative decision to portray the story of uh, Alexander the Great with an ancient Ir- Macedonian <laughs> with Irish accents. <laughs> I thought this is fascinating. I mean, it's awful, but it's fascinating why, that he's thought about doing this. Well, of course, you've got Anthony Hopkins still doing his uh, American stroke Welsh tone <laughs> as a narrator. And, and it makes complete sense. Oh, well, in he's, the- he's neutral. As the narrator, he's neutral. I mean, to, to some... You know, in some regards, it is. It does make sense in that particular context because 
the Macedonians and everything were supposed to be uh, the savages of Greece, if you like. So they're sort of the uh, the wild. Are you men, the Irish? Like, Irish? I am the indeed. I'd I am like to throw in a disclaimer: is... the views of the critic guys do not express <laughs> that uh, all Irish people are. No, I'm savages. saying I'm saying that it's a provincial choice. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the right choice. I'm just saying it exists, and 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 that's fine if you actually meet anyone on the cast who's supposed to be. You know, if you use the same context, the English or from the mainland, there is no other people from Greece in the picture at all. It is purely just all these Irish people or people doing an Irish accent. It makes no sense. I mean, what, what's, would, would Macedonia or the Macedons be in this conflict, the underdogs, as it were? Yes, they were seen very much as the kind of the um, uncivilized northerners of of um, of Greece. You know, they didn't have a proper city state, and they you know they conquered Athens, they conquered Thebes, and all the rest of it, and and they were seen you know as the uncultured brutes who who well, frankly I, I, historically <laughs> came good. I'm trying um, to edge don't say it, Lawrence. I'm trying to edge away from the uh, yeah 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 yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine for that. Uncultured, I'm uncultured brutes aspect of it, but. <laughs> If if they're if they're the underdogs of a conflict, that that might be why he's done it. Because mm. in the in the Anglo-Irish uh, situation, yeah, um, you could you could say the Irish are, are certainly in in back in the day the uh, the underdogs, and yeah, the the the, Eng- the English were very much the uh, pompous overlords. I mean, yes, it didn't it didn't it didn't help, of course, that. He sort of killed the movie with the fact that he kept referencing the uh, sort of known historical fact that Alexander was gay. I mean, and that 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 didn't compute with some audiences that this great warrior was also in love with a man. It didn't work. Uh, going back to Tenet, which is um, uh, as Keith picked up quite quickly, a palindrome. Um, it's uh, the the summary plot summary on IMDb. Armed with only one word, Tenet, and finding for the survival, uh, fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist, no name, journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Sounds intriguing. Tagline: Time runs out. Sounds like a Nolan film, doesn't it? There's lot. There's lots of um, sort of brief moments of time running backwards, a bit like that. Um, yeah, remind me of that ep- that episode of Red Dwarf when they go to the backward planet. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the bit with the gun where the bullet comes back in. It's quite cool. Yeah. The I, I like that episode of Red Dwarf. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Although I never go to the toilet apparently. <laughs> That looks painful. Um, I, I actually, because I, 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 I watched um, Memento recently, mm-hmm. and the very beginning of Memento, although it's not about things going backwards in, in, in the same sense, the very first shot of Memento is a bullet going back into um, Guy Pierce's gun. Oh. Uh, in a very uh, tenet-style uh, tenet way. Cool. I should um, throw in at this stage, I haven't seen Memento yet. Although, just spoilers for a, um, later in the podcast, um, I have watched the trailer now, and having seen the trailer, I will remedy that very soon, because it looks like it's right up my alley, that film. 
Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's, it, it's an extraordinary film. Um, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary piece of filmmaking. It's an extraordinary achievement. And the fact that they did that as their first film, uh, well, it wasn't his first film, but it was um, certainly his first film with a, a little bit of backing. Yeah, I, I I will admit now I have a couple of gaps in my uh, Nolan verse. The uh, the films I haven't seen, I've started watching Following. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very it's very low budget. Um, mm, quite enjoying what I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah, it's absolutely fine. It's it's verging on being more of a he he he. Uh, I believe he was working full time when he made it, mm. um, in a in a job, and uh, it, it very much it does have the feel of a, a college project sort of yeah. vibe. It is low budget. It's um, doesn't have the the quality of uh, that you'd expect from a professional picture, but it is is uh, it's, it's intriguing. It's good. It's intriguing. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Memento, and the other one that I haven't seen is Interstellar. I haven't got onto that one yet. Ah, um, and I want to see it because I've heard really good things. Although the trailer, as we again, we'll get onto the trailers. The trailer slightly made me think I might not enjoy that film particularly, <laughs> but we shall see. Well, I, I don't. I find it uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like it. Ah, I don't. I don't like Interstellar. Ah, I found it. it seems to be um, a good film. I found it a little bit. Even for Nolan, it was a bit ostentatious, and, and <laughs> it, it, it didn't say a lot. <laughs> it didn't really make any sense, and I know none of his movies make much sense. But in a way that there was no, I couldn't really do anything with it. Mm-hmm. With other movies, you can you can imprint your own sense onto it, um, but this th- th- there was nothing I could do with the story. Um, I, I couldn't grasp to any of the characters. Um, mm. I thought it looked nice, but not spectacular like it could have been. And the the music had moments where it sounded like it was going to go quite nice, but then generally the music it was pretty mediocre. I thought. Okay. Uh, for a note Can I itself. stop you from going too far into it? Because one of the things, and I'll, I'll say it on the actual podcast itself, one of the things I'm considering that we, uh, I'd like, I want to put to you two as a possibility for us as a podcast is, um, I'd quite like us to go through and review films as we go along and to talk about films and series, etc. And I thought one of the, the first one might be, shall we go through and uh, rank by reviewing like one each episode, uh, each film, and then ranking the Nolan verse. Oh, are we just going to have so many fights? Exactly. <laughs> I just might be interested to see what the critic guy's ranking of the Nolan verse is because oh. it's one. Of, it's going to be one of the very rare occasions where I think we, we'll, by that stage, will have all seen the films. There's not that many. It's not insurmountable. And for once, I've seen most, most of the films. <laughs> There's only a few I haven't. I was looking through his. I was looking through his um, the films he's directed, and it surprised me actually how many of his films I've seen. I saw Insomnia at the cinema. I think. Yeah, I don't think I even caught that at the cinema. Yeah, I don't know that why was, I did. But I'm barely sure. That I saw was it back cinema. when we were at university, Chris. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> I saw Memento. I think I was just intrigued about Evil Robin Williams. I saw well, Memento. Appeared to be evil, but I saw Memento at the cinema. Did you? Mm. Oh, that it, 
it does look like it's right up my alley. That film, it, it, um, I'm definitely gonna have to go out my way to watch it. It's I meant to watch it a while ago, and then I just, in fairness, forgot about it. Um, too many other films to to watch. Uh, spoilers for the films I have seen. The one that I have a slight issue with is Dunkirk. Um, it's not bad. It's just a bit plodding. I thought I would suggest it's actually his best film. And maybe, would you? maybe I could, as a spectacle, it's very good. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll the ranking of Nolan films might not be such a good idea. No, no, do it because I'll watch it again. Yeah, I might change my mind. I'm going off first. I'm going off first impressions, and and, and the reason, and, and I'll I'll throw in now before we start. It's it's a story based thing that it, because it's just obviously from lots of different perspectives and coming together, and it's good how it all comes together. But I think I like the follow a protagonist, and that's their story. It's just a preference, and that's not how Dunkirk worked. But I will give it another watch because certainly was a spectacle, and I think maybe I maybe I watched that in the wrong circumstances as well. It wasn't maybe the best place to watch it. So the music, the music is key for me. The music, yeah, sounds excellent. It it just it builds up and it doesn't let you go. It the music grabs you by the balls right at the beginning, yeah, and then it starts squeezing. It doesn't (laughs) doesn't stop squeezing. (laughs) <laughs> until to your screaming until um it literally it builds up and builds up and the tension builds up and builds up and it squeezes harder and harder right until the um all the uh, private ships turn up on the horizon <laughs> and no listen to it and you will yeah, hear it the music will suddenly I can see where you're coming from the music suddenly changes and it's like hmm. I'm, I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just not it, uh, it, as it stands, and without watching it again, that it's my, probably my least favorite of the ones I've watched. But I will watch it again. Check out and see a, if um, I get a different appreciation of it. If you Google, um, I don't know what you'd Google because I don't know what it was called or anything. Um, to, Google, <laughs> just type something into Google. Google. <laughs> just start typing. See what happens. Google Quentin Tarantino and Dunkirk. Okay, because there's a little. Um, Sort of weird interviewee podcasty thing. Just a very brief right, okay. thing where um, Quentin Tarantino discusses why it's one of his favourite films of the decade. If we ever go through and do the the uh, Tarantino verse, that will be really interesting for me, as I will be watching mostly new movies. I've seen very little of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Oh well, um, they're all quite similar. So <laughs> you only <have> to see <laughs> one. Tell me the one to watch, and I'll go and watch that one. <laughs> um, no, he, he has diversified a little bit of, of in his latter years, but even even that, um, in essence, they're all the same film. Even when they're set set in the Wild West or in, in the Second World War, they're all still the same film. <laughs> Bless <him>. Okay. <laughs> He's an author. I, w- I would like to move us into that direction of we as one of our our things that we we do is is go through and talk about show uh, talk about films or series particularly and sort of how because we we talk about our rankings but it'd be interesting to sort of pick those films apart when we know we've all seen them and then try and come to a consensus and and just to see we, if we, we all vote to a consensus on well, Christopher we, Nolan films. even if we didn't <laughs> well we probably won't but if we all vote on them we've got three of us we will at some point get a ranking and it would just be intriguing to see how we rank them oh, where it's they gonna come. be painful 
<laughs> I think Keith. You're is... making me want to do this even more, Keith. <laughs> Keith is passing a gallstone. I think. What's going on? <laughs> I feel like Keith and you have had uh, conversations about this before, Lawrence. <laughs> well, not not really so much, but I think just because we we didn't want it to come to blows, so we, we've kind of <laughs> not really spoke about it. So while we're in lockdown, it's the best time to do it. You can't hurt each other. Friendship wherever possible. That's what I try. Uh, yes, I, it's something I would like to explore. And now it's out on the podcast. Of course, it's 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 public uh, property. We kind of need to do it now. We kind of promised people. <laughs> the other one I'll throw out there as a suggestion is a films Chris hasn't seen yet, which is quite a lot. Um, I would like to fill in my blanks. <laughs> so, I mean, are we going to go and... I don't know how you survive multiple There's a lot Christmases. of classics I'm missing. Oh. Yeah. Like people tell me they're classics and I haven't got around to them yet. Yeah. I'd like to fill in my back catalogue. I shall tell you, dear listeners, that I watched Die Hard for the first time this Christmas. <laughs> yeah. 38 years old and I watched it for the first time this Christmas. <laughs> That's all you need you're to know much, about you're the very much the Mr. Takagi of this podcast. <laughs> you know, you know how um, uh, Facebook like shows you memories of like old, <laughs> old pictures you put on and and the comment you made on it. And um, uh, just the other day, it, it came up with a memory of a when when I first got a, a, a kitten. And the kitten, yeah. the kitten was on its back with its paws up in the air, sort of waving at the camera, with a slight, slight look of uh, shock on its face. And yeah. The comment I'd written by it is um, uh, Ludo doing his impression of Alan Rickman falling out of the building in Die Hard. <laughs> I get that joke now. I wouldn't have got it before. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Oh, it's not the only film that you'd think I would have seen by now, but I haven't. Uh, when I consider the amount of films I've seen and the quality of some of them. It's uh, I've really wasted my time. You've wasted your life, let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many that you could consider classics that I might have issue with or not have not seen. Well, yeah, you're right. That is a whole other podcast, isn't it? <laughs> films you should have seen and why haven't you? but anyway back to tenet are we excited by it folks what do you reckon keith well i would say that it's uh it's a good thing that nolan does have control of the trailers that get released so that he can uh skimp on the details um which is bizarrely why um when the Dark Knight Rises came out, its trailer its look was very similar in some ways to um, uh, Inception, with the broken buildings and everything else sort of falling apart. It just seemed very similar in style. Because I, wa- I, I rewatched all, all all the trailers in preparation for this discussion. Yeah. Um, one thing I also thought it was very impressive years and years ago when Batman Begins came out because it's only about halfway or three quarters of the way through the trailer uh it may have been the teaser trailer but it was certainly one of the the uh, first ones that came that were released 
when the 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 Batman cow was in, was interspersed very you know it was, it was almost at the end of the trailer, certainly over halfway yeah. through, and I I remember watching it in cinema, uh, watching the trailer while uh, waiting to start with something else, and um, uh, it was my sister who actually commented, "Oh, it's a Batman film." Um, I completely feel the feel what she said there because I went into that film going into it and I and and it's in the title the clue is in the title and I did until it was pretty much out I was not excited for that film at all and I'm sure I'd seen trailers and I should have been really excited for a new Batman film that wasn't like Batman and Robin and what have you and it just didn't get me and I don't know whether I just went Oh, it's a Bruce Wayne story or something. Oh, it's about his youth. I don't, I'm not bothered about that. And I don't know. But it, was, it was so wrong because <laughs> the film is brilliant. But he isn't Batman for a long time in it, though, is he? No, but it's no, just it does reflect well. the movie. It does. It, it does reflect that. But I think I think it's very good because I, I mean he has developed techniques in his trailers that um, other people don't do. For example, not seeing Heath Ledger as the Joker. In, in in the yeah, dark night, you hear you hear his voice and his laugh. And frankly, as we've discussed before on the podcast, that's what sold me on the film. But that's but very, that's very much footage. the teaser trailer, though, isn't it? They they yeah, did it is. full trailers with. But with full. I think well, they did a clever thing with the trailer for that. Just jumping into our conversation on trailers, where they released the scene at the bank before the film came out. So um, I remember watching that beforehand because I think it was revealed, released in the IMAX and then it made its way onto the internet. So I'd seen that scene going in. So if you'd have seen that scene, you were completely sold. But yeah, the, that first trailer with the voice, I remember going to speak to you after that trailer, Keith, mm. and just being like, okay, your perspective on this film has changed dramatically based on a trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah I remember those discussions when we first heard the casting. <laughs> <laughs> which which unfortunately go goes against Hollywood now nowadays where they do um they put stuff in trailers which either spoil action scenes or mm. they oh yeah to 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 the extent that we as we've discussed previously um the Avengers films intersperse stuff in trailers which aren't true scenes that oh, yeah, aren't, they make stuff up which are kind of that that aren't going to happen yeah and it's it, it, it's quite you know, to the extent of going in and CGIing bits out, Thanos with the Infinity Glove and Captain America is quite impressive mm. because they cut out all the stones from the gauntlet, bar the um, the power and the uh, reality. No, not reality. Um, spatial stone, and to actually go in and, and digitally Hulk remove things. Well. Yeah, putting Hulk in. Now that scene could have happened because I understand it was originally the idea that Hulk would be there at the Battle of Wakanda. But to actually go in and 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 and, and do a scene that is never in the movie at all. Mm. Um, it's quite impressive to actually, you know, to the extent that they've done that, but it's clearly throwing away. I mean, they did promise in Avengers Endgame the the trailer is basically cut from footage that's in the first twenty minutes of the movie. The rest yep. of it's Clean kind of, and 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 it doesn't spoil it. And I think Nolan was, has been doing that for years. In uh, the tra- watch- in the trailer for um, Star Trek: First Contact, they used mm. um, footage from Star Trek Generations in the trailer, yeah. and Voyager, incidentally, which is quite <laughs> odd. Okay, but I think um, that was that was less about not revealing stuff, but just more budgetary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need another scene <laughs> quickly. Find a spaceship. Yeah, they they um, wanted to make a trailer before they'd actually made the film. 
I suspect that's what that was all about. Generate some buzz. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's quite inventive. Uh, and I think Nolan's been doing it for years and he clearly does it in this trailer as well, where I came out of it basically none the wiser to what it was I was going to watch, which is good because, I mean, that's exactly the experience I had with Inception, which I rate as Nolan's finest movie. Um, it's a great film. And... I, I didn't really want to know. I was willing to, you know, I trusted the director. I trusted I was going to go and watch something that was great. And I didn't need to know, nor should I spoil it for myself, what it was that I was watching. But it does, and, it does help when you are making films which are of a very, um, a story which is an unusual story of an unusual situation. Um, so you, stock and trade. You, yeah, you you could show in 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 the, the trailer for Inception, you could show the the all the buildings curling up, and mm-hmm. um, like like it does. And but but no one will know what it is because it's never been seen before. So the, the, yeah. you can show a lot more in the trailers without giving anything away because no one knows what it is in the first place. I'd like to pose something to you, gentlemen. If you were told a film by Christopher Nolan will be premiering on this date and you can get, like, tickets are available now, would you buy a ticket based solely on that information? Yes. Yeah. Because I think I might. <laughs> I think I'd, I think the pedigree is strong enough that you would go, yeah, I'll give him... He, he's earned the right to, uh, to, to let me down once, potentially. I'll, I'll go and see his film. Well, I go it doesn't need to tell as much. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, I go very much on the baseline. There are very few directors out there, and with the exception of, say, Nolan, who 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 have had. Okay, he hasn't released many films, but every one he's done, even though we'll probably argue about this in the in the yeah. Nolan podcast, while yeah. some are perhaps not as, in my mind, as great as others, they are always entertaining, always beautifully shot, and always compelling yeah. viewing. There's some value to them all, of, and it's and they're all to me. They're, they're all good films, whether you agree necessarily with all the content choices. And I think my my own spoilers for the Nolan cast when we get to it. My only issue with the one cast, one thing is my love for the character. It's not it's not the film itself. It's it's my I don't believe the character. Um, but yeah, he, he's just got this way of just gripping you. But he, it's yeah, always, yeah. always I mean, waiting for the next big event. Or you know, it's classic. I mean, they've they've released a lot in Hollywood recently uh, with media reports of um, sort of ideas of whether or not your character needs to be compelling, whether it needs to be in an everyman or something you can relate to. And people apparently the 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 popular wisdom around executives was that, for example, having Luke Skywalker as a hero, you can't relate to him. Therefore, he's not compelling. It's like, well, you haven't then watched the original three Star Wars movies. But be that as it may, Nolan can make films about characters that aren't even likable at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got redeeming qualities. But in general, I mean, the prestige, they're both. Yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. like them. It's the degree of you're willing to take. But it's so well written and so well acted and, and so well shot that you don't. That overrides your your view. Yeah, you 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 watch almost in spite of yourself because they are bad people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that film. Spoiler. Anyway, <laughs> I love we that shall film. discuss that in more detail. Yeah. 
<laughs> we shall discuss that film in more detail. Um, but yeah, you, it, the, the whole idea that a character, the main character's got to be grounded, is it, flawed. You watch the Superman films and you enjoy those films generally, and he's not grounded at all. Yeah, there is issues with them, but the Christopher Reeve spy, uh, Superman films, there's like the the or, the audience who watched that film, none of them can do what he could do. He didn't have to be grounded. We we slightly like touched on this um, in a previous podcast, didn't we? Where um, we were talking about Hollywood's constant desire t- to take uh, characters from comic books and cartoon shows and and what have you, and even if the source material was about them in their own world, they had to come and be in eighties America, yeah, uh, just so people could. Um, people could um, uh, relate to all the, all the other characters. Yeah. And uh, I entirely agree. It's, it's completely ridiculous. Mm. It, it depends who the character is and what they are and how they're portrayed. Yeah. And I was thinking when you were saying that, that like, an example there is you've got to bring him to real world with someone like Venom. But it's kind of... <laughs> What they they kind of prove their point that you don't need necessarily need the story that you are used to for that character for a film to work potentially because you you turn around and you go well I I watched Venom it didn't include Spider Man yet I knew who that character was knew what his rationale was and quite enjoyed it yeah there's issues with the film generally but I'd go back and watch a sequel um, there are ways of doing it so. It's intriguing. Normally, you you would turn around and go, well, no, you don't need to ground it, but it can work. Well, whilst I'm having a pop a a pop up popular Hollywood Ooh. consensus, um, there was um that article this week about Captain America being selfish. It's been castigated, but there was an ar- an article on uh, CBR.com uh, that ironically was put out on Memorial Day of all of all um, times. To say that Cap, uh, that Steve Rogers' decision to become a hero, um, he, you know, he wasn't a hero. He was selfish. He based he became Captain America based on his own selfish desires, and he's been and they've been rightly pilloried for it because clearly they haven't been watching mm. the same movies as most other people do, including myself. No, it's not his selfish desires at all that makes him Captain America. I'm afraid he's I'm not, not trying to make himself strong. I didn't hear any of that, Keith. There were oh. bro- it was quite broken up. I think I gathered enough of what you said, but do you want to repeat that, Keith, if you if your audience? Uh, yes. CBR did an article on saying that Captain America became a hero only out of his own selfish desires. Mm. Rather than any kind of actual altruism or, or wanting to be a hero. And and it's just it's an amazing article. I read it the other day. Um and and it has been rightly pilloried by people who feel that he is a hero uh, because this this uh, this author was basically saying um, um, he shouldn't be um, he shouldn't be seen as a hero. He shouldn't be the Marvel golden boy. He he chose to try and you know essentially almost like enhancing drugs rather than that's bullcrap, isn't it? It's it's one of the it, the whole uh, the whole idea of Captain America as a character is it's he he is too weak to go out there and be the hero that he is he wants to be he wants to be out there and help people and he wants ah, but, that's but he the can't point. do it it's, it's the fact that he but wants he to be that way makes it. him selfish that is what they're saying 
I'm saying, yeah. well, he, he take, he, but you do realise he jumped on a grenade that he thought was live before he got those drugs. <laughs> yeah, one of the most heroic moments in all of the films, I would turn around and say. It's brilliant. But yes, yeah. you know, he's, he, he's essentially wanting to help people around him who have bullied him, belittled him, and think he's not he's worthless, and yet he's the first one that jumps on the grenade. But yeah. um, no, he's selfish, apparently. Stupid, stupid people. <laughs> It's thinking mm. like this that kills off Luke Skywalker. <laughs> uh, your audio does seem to be uh, dying on us, Keith. I, I, I'm too big, your pardon. Mm. Um, you've, uh, you've broken up a few times. Well, okay, I, what I've, about not now? Able, I've not been able to hear him at all, but you've been responding to him, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's been a too rough podcast. I was waiting for him to say, I haven't been able to hear him for years. Um, <laughs> is that any better? I you don't, went I, quite digital all of a sudden, which has been the problem on a few of the other podcasts. I don't know why. I don't do anything. I'm sitting in the same seat, and I'm oh, never mind. Yeah, I don't know why you you weren't at the start, mm. but all of a sudden you went digital. Well, you know, I hate analog. <laughs> I hate oh, analog. It's a timing That's thing. I wonder if you are. I wonder if you have a, like, locally have a bit of a spike on your network around sort of seven o'clock-ish. Because <laughs> I reckon it's only probably the last 10, 15 minutes you've been digital. Otherwise, I think you were in, as involved as you should be. I don't know how Lawrence feels about that. Yeah, I, it's only recent, the only last few minutes. It's, it's gone crazy. Yeah. I wonder if your network's taking a hit. Anyway, that's what I had to think about the whole situation and Tenant as a trailer. <laughs> It's every so often you uh, deploy your robot and let them like then do it. C three PO, take over. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't been on a. I haven't actually done a full podcast for years. <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. Then there was something in the background there. It sounded like a female voice. That was weird. I wish. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, how odd. Hmm. Well, we were going to have a bit of a discussion on Nolan trailers and try and break them down. We've already got to an hour, pretty much, just talking about Tenet and then going off on a tangent. Not like we ever go off on tangents before. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like, shall we save the trailers for when we discuss them in more detail when we do the uh, films themselves? Oh, yes. God, that's going to be an awful podcast. That's going to yes. be so many fights. Friendships it's several awful podcasts, Keith. It's not one. Friendships will be broken. It's film by film, the Nolan verse. <laughs> I reckon we go by release date. <laughs> and there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's our podcast on the Tenet trailer, where we briefly talked about uh, Tenet and went off in about a million different directions. You also get a small peek behind the curtain. Uh, you've probably picked up that this is not an hour-long podcast because we were talking for quite some time before we really got underway, and I've spared you from that. We will be back again next week. It may well be another podcast from uh, our away period, uh, edited to hopefully be relevant now, uh, or it might be a brand new show. We shall see. But rest assured, we are back. Thank you to Mr. Lawrence Tuck, and thank you to Mr. Keith Edwards. I'm Chris Davis. Look after yourselves. Bye.